Welcome to the Virtual Millionaire Show. This show brings to you millionaire real estate entrepreneurs who have cracked the code to the money game. We discuss how to start and scale a real estate business to millions and beyond, so you can do the same. I'm your host, Michael McDonald. Today we have with us Jacqueline Matoza. Jacqueline was an international tax planner for 15 years while investing part-time in real estate since the age of 22. Now she's a full-time investor and interior decorator who just recently had a debut on Battle on the Beach on HGTV earlier this year. She's here to teach people finances and how to invest in real estate to become financially free. You're not going to want to miss this episode. She gets into how she's making over six-figure profits average on each of her flips by the way she's designing them. So you're going to want to make sure to tune in and stay to the very end. And we'll get right into the episode. All right, we are live. Jacqueline, welcome to the Virtual Millionaire Show. Uh, we are so excited to have you. I know... Uh, you have recently started on a new venture of a uh, show, and we'll, we'll talk all about that. But let's take people back. Uh, for people who are tuning in live, um, you are going to want to uh, stay tuned for this whole episode because she's going to bring some fire today. So if you are catching this live, um, please share this. Share it. Tell some friends. And stay tuned till the end because we're going to have questions, and you can ask Jacqueline whatever you would like to some extent, right? So anyway, <laughs> w welcome to the show, Jacqueline. So excited to have you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I, I'm honored. I really am. Yeah. So for those people who don't know you, um, obviously we titled this, you know, you've been an accountant for 15 years, right? Been in the, uh, the what did they call it? The M&A Yep. Space. Mergers and acquisitions. Yep. Mergers, mergers and acquisitions. So take people back. Like, how did you like, tell us how you got into real estate to begin with. I started in real estate when I was 15. Ironically, um, my mom was a big proponent of, you know, you're never going to rely on a man to take care of yourself. Um, I think she really wanted me to just take a different path. And so I started in a real estate firm as a receptionist and then very quickly one of the agents, younger agents, uh, noticed that I was a little bit bored. And so he asked me like, hey, do you want to do my contract stuff and prepping everything for me while you're working? And I was like, absolutely. Like, thank God there's something for me to do other than pick up a phone. And so uh, that's how everything started, basically, in the dot-com boom in the Bay Area when everything was they were signing contracts on the trunk. So I was happy to help and make two incomes at the same time. And that was basically my first introduction. From there, I got to meet all the agents. A lot of the agents were investors. Um, I, there was one lady who really set the tone for me. I was very, very afraid of her. She's this older British lady. And every month I was always having tons of mail come in every first through the fifth. And I'm like, what the heck does this lady do? Like mail carrier bins of mail. <laughs> and so I finally got the courage to ask her. I was like, what do you do? And she looked at me and she's like, uh, those are rent checks. And I was like, oh, she's like, I own apartment buildings. And I was like, oh, and then we over time, you know, I started tatting her up and getting, you know, I'd call her and be like, hey, your mail bins are full. Come and get them. 
Um, and I tried to just build a relationship with her. And she very quickly showed me that uh, the investor route is the way to go, not the realtor route. And I knew real estate was limited for me in that realtor realm because I'm not giving up my nights and weekends ever. Like I want to be a mom and, you know, that's more important to me as being around. So uh, I quickly picked her brain and realized like I need to learn money. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I went the tax accounting route to learn all of that stuff. Got it. So you started in the tax realm and you did this real estate thing part-time, right? And yeah, the bins of the money time. caught your attention. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to college and got an, a bachelor's in accounting and a master's in tax. Um, I did my master's while working at Ernst & Young, which is like boot camp firm life, uh, where you're grinding it out and people thought I was suicidal, which I probably was, but it was a free master's. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. That's that's very interesting. So you took the traditional path, right? You you got your um, bachelor, then you got your master's. You went and worked at this firm. Like, at what point in time did you realize that I need to be all in to real estate? Because you worked there for fifteen years, right? Doing the mergers and acquisitions. Yeah, I worked at seven years at the firm, and then I worked in house at several corporations, um, brand names that you guys use all the time or need. Um, I knew this was always my plan. Like my plan was, okay, CPA life is learn money, understand how to structure and finance myself and taxes. And then from there, once I know that, um, I want to retire my CPA hat by 40 and just be my own boss. I should at that point have enough of an understanding of like business operations, legalities, treasury finances and, and taxes and accounting. So that was basically always my end goal. I went in with a very clear mission and people are like, then why did you do international taxes? And I was like, I mean, if it's going to suck, let's go travel the world. <laughs> I like that. It's a good way to look at it, right? Go go experience life while you're at it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So what was like, so you, you did this a little bit um, backwards from the way that I did it, but correct if you want to get, you know, technical, right? Like, I feel like you planned. Are you a planner? Did you like... It seems like maybe you took a, a, a very strategic approach at this. Yeah, so I have never had anyone there to back me up financially or in any regards of my life. Like at 15, I was on my own, self-sufficient. I had a roof over my head, car insurance, and a cell phone bill. So I wouldn't, if I killed myself, at least I was covered. Um, and my parents were like, go figure it out. You want to do sports? Pay for your own sports. You want clothing? Go pay for your own clothing. Um, and so it was a very clear indicator to me that like growing up, I am going to have to be strategic and I have to think about not just a plan A, like a plan A, B, C, D. Like what if I fail? I've got to be able to pick myself back up. So am I a planner? I'm very spontaneous by nature, but I think by proxy of how my life has been built, I, I have had to plan. So I, I didn't have the luxury of, of having people to fall back on. Okay. Yeah. And that, that makes sense. And that's a really good point for people watching this who might be doing tax planning, who might be at their nine to five jobs. I think a lot of people just kind of get stuck in that. Right. Yes. So what, what I really noticed about you is you all along, you found this side gig, real estate, you saw the potential and you found a way to learn and educate and keep growing to eventually jump all in, which is what you've done. I think um, how long has it been since you've been all in to real estate full time? February, 2021. So okay. So three months. 
That's insane. So a lot has happened, right? Uh, since the, the full-time uh, real estate investor. So let's, let's talk about that. What's happened since uh, you quit and what gave you the courage to quit? Like, your security job, like your stable income. Yeah. I mean, the golden handcuffs are real and for good people in the industry that do international tax planning, they're like very real. Um, they load you up with stocks and stock options, RCUs and stuff. So you, you really are leaving a lot on the table and you really are like, there are moments where I've doubted myself plenty of times. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's brutal. It's, it takes a leap of faith and a lot of courage. Um, but the good news is, as I said, I left this much on the table, so I have to make double to get it back. So I'm like hustling hard right now, um, working my network and finding the right investors to partner with. So it, in a way it's motivated me, um, because I'm not going to go back. I, I refuse to fail. I refuse to, you know, I I'm consulting right now for some of um, my old clients and stuff just to help them because right now it's kind of crazy. But other than that, like I'm, I'm really all in on real estate and my, my business when I left accounting life and I actually had like 10 minutes to sit and think, I realized I really love real estate for the design side. And at that same time in February, uh, you know, HGTV had reached out to me. I've had Home Depot reach out to me and I was like, you know, they're really like, there's something here, you know, there is something here. And I, I believe in myself, like these people wouldn't be reaching out if they didn't see something in me. So I have to have believe in myself. Like if I don't believe in myself, I have to, you know? And so I think um, realizing that the design side and the artistic side, that's why I've always done real estate while doing my accounting job, because I just felt so stifled in my left brain mathematical world and legal analysis that I love taking a horrible looking house and just making it beautiful. And that really has been um, what motivated me. It was like, I want to live in a bomb house and what better way than to buy a junk and like fix it up and then sell it and do it all over again or burr it, you know? So that's kind of like how I, I stepped into it and it's been rough. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm starting three businesses. So um, yeah. I have an interior decorating business. Uh, I do that for the love and passion of art and really it feeds my soul. Um, my coaching pays my bills. <laughs> so I'm doing a lot of real estate coaching. Um, right now I have a wholesaling program, a real estate flipping program, how to flip and make uh, above average. Um, the average flipper is making $67,000 right now in Q1 2022. So uh, I've been averaging 150 as much as 100, 275 per flip. So um, there is a reason and it's because I crush my budgets and I crush everything, uh, supply chain, all of it, you know, and so that's really my bread and butter. And then, you know, naturally when you flip, you can either sell it or burr it. Um, I've done a lot of burrs in my life before they were called burrs. I know I did what they were when I came into this industry. They're like burrs. And I'm like, oh, OK, <laughs> yeah, everybody does that. Um, and then, you know, uh, Airbnb uh, and stuff and. You know, and I think that's really been the key. And then the other side is my real estate, uh, my real estate business. You know, we're investing in Airbnbs. Um, we're doing our own, you know, multifamily apartment. Um, I'm working with some investors who are building funds and they're asking me to partner in and do all their financial analysis and, and bring in the buildings. Um, and we're, we're managing, we're going to be managing two funds. Um, so getting money in the door and all that. So I'm kind of all over the place, you know? <laughs> I'm just sitting here like w wondering what the listeners are, listeners are thinking because 
I'm pretty well equipped with a lot of what you just said, right? There's a lot to unpack and we'll yeah. get there. But when you started saying like averages of like $100,000 plus on these flips, I'm wondering why, because we're, we're in the same market. Um, so I'm wondering why I'm not flipping houses in Vegas. Like I, I'm just, I'm befuddled, okay? Um, but what, what you just said is you're, you're helping people make six figure plus on their projects. And a lot of it has to do with the design, which I think can be overlooked, right? Like the staging we were just talking about, you're staging an Airbnb, I'm staging an Airbnb right now. And how important is that to, to really push the market for what these people are willing to pay for? So we'll transition to that. Obviously, we'll get into you know how people can learn more about your coaching and all that stuff. But talk to us about the design, because this is this is one thing that blows me away. You just get into real estate. Obviously, you're doing stuff on the side and then you're approached by HGTV like that that's pretty cool so talk about that journey and then the design piece of what you're doing on the battle of the uh battle is it battle on the beach yeah is that what it is yeah um yeah so i i just seriously thought it was spam someone contacted me in my instagram and i was like yeah 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 whatever and then they sent me the the staffing agent sent me her link and I was like, oh shoot, this girl's real. Like, is this really happening? It was like a dream come true because I've been trying to get on HGTV since 2018. And I just kind of was like, eh, whatever. I'm just going to go full blown real estate. But I've always told myself, like, if I'm going to go and be my own entrepreneur, I really, really want to just go all the way to the top. I want to get out there. I want everyone to see me. I want to be public um, for the sake of giving back. It's not like, I left corporate America because I was tired of making the rich rich. It was soul sucking. And in 2020, I watched all the COVID mom and pop shops closing. And I walked down my cute little quaint downtown and I'm like, every other door is shut. And this is devastating to me. Um, and it's because people don't have their finances bulletproof for recessions. They don't have themselves set up in a manner where they're going to be okay. Um, my gym owner, um, back home, the only reason he survived is because he had himself set up the way everyone that's rich sets themselves up. And so it's so important. And I think like right now I'm noticing a huge gap in our educational system. There's just nothing there. So that's really why I, I went on HGTV. It was really just to get my name out there, get my brand built, um, and give back, you know, like I, yes, my programs cost money. My time isn't free, but at the end of the day, you're going to make, you know, 900% ROI if you do it and you follow through for yourself, you know, and, and I know that because I'm doing it. And that's another reason why I wanted to go on TV. It was like, I want to show that I actually throw a sledgehammer. I actually like people look at me and they're like, Oh, you're so young. What would you know? And Oh, you're so cute and innocent. And I'm like, I'm 38. I have done 15 years in public accounting. I have flipped you know, 12 homes making over six figures, which is way better than 50 making 20. <laughs> I'm like, I am a quality person. I'm not a quantity. <laughs> and so I need people in America to think a little bit differently. Like the rich don't waste their time. They, they just don't. Time is your only asset. So why turn and burn five properties at one time when you could do one really good one? You have to be more patient. You have to be a little bit more disciplined, but the design side is what really like brings it all together. Now, being on TV, it's a little bit more complicated, right? Because I had my general contractor and his design opinions. I had my mentor, Ty, and his decisions and opinions. And then I had mine. So 
the house is like a mix of three people's um, designs. And I think it kind of shows it's not as fluid as I would have liked. It's not as cohesive, but we work together as best as possible with three very strong <laughs> opinionated people. Um, and it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Like I, I really enjoyed uh, just being able to kind of pause my life and take a minute for me and just go play. Like it felt like I was just playing all day, but you also have to keep in mind there's camera rolling. So mm -hmm. a lot of emotional intelligence has to come in and, you know, you've got to keep yourself like, okay, how do I want the world to see me and not have a meltdown, not cry, not throw, not yell, not, you know, all of these things you see people do on TV where you're like, oh my God. <laughs> So we, we went in yeah. with our own plan. Like we wanted to be the playful, fun people because that's who Wally and I are. And so it was a blast. Like I'm I'm very honored. I'm very flattered that they they believed in my design and, and they wanted me on this show. So that was really flattering. Yeah, that's amazing. And so to me, it sounds like a lot of people who I interview, right? This is called the Virtual Millionaire Show. A lot of people who um, have had a lot of success think alike, right? They don't waste time. They they value quality over quantity. And I've had to shift this a lot because I'm all about like in the beginning was how can I do as many deals as possible, right? Yeah. And what, what I've taken away from this so far is that's not more is not always better. It's it's how can I do more quality to maximize the value in this? And then I also heard you say um, impact it's all about impact, right? Like as an entrepreneur, I, like I jump out of bed in the morning. I posted something yesterday about my day and how, you know, what, what it looks like, but it doesn't feel like work. And, and you yeah. said the same thing. It doesn't feel like we're working. It's, it's so fun. Uh, so if you want to get on HGTV guys, just do amazing work and then people will seek you out to find <laughs> you and just, you know, like, Hey, you want to come on HGTV? Here we go. Yeah, they don't. I, I learned that they don't really do a lot of applicate. You can apply, but they don't really look at the application. Surprisingly, there's billions of people that apply. So, you know, between yeah. all the shows. So, yeah, they, they don't have time to sift through, which I, I had no idea. I had no idea how to get into the industry. I I just was being me. <laughs> being me. And they recognized it, right? So, so it sounds like being authentic, right? And having that personality is a key to obviously getting recognized. And if you guys haven't watched it, and I, I haven't yet, so I'm sorry, Jacqueline, I, I have not watched you. it. I know. I, I've watched the previews, though, and it looks really fun. And I can I can definitely tell there's some like intense moments where if you don't have that equanimity and, and composure, like things could really melt down fast. And so if you guys want to check this out live, obviously, just go watch. Is, is it on Sunday evenings? Is that when it is? Yeah, well, we're doing the, the finale is this weekend, but it is live on Discovery Plus. It's live on Apple TV, Amazon, uh, HGTV Go. I mean, you can stream it anytime. So it's there. Amazing. And so you mentioned your design um, specialty. So what are some things that people can do, like people who don't know what they're doing, like me when it comes to Airbnb? I'm furnishing one now. Thank God I have a designer who can help me out. Um, I should have probably... Yeah, had you fly to Nebraska to help me with it, but love uh, to. we're already, you know, three fourths the way through. So what, what can somebody do? Like, what are some things that you look for and that really put the cherry on top when it comes to design on these properties when you're getting these kind of returns? 
Yeah. So I always tell people like 101, whether it's a client who wants to sell their house, whether it's um, an Airbnb, whether it's a flip, whether it's anything, the, the key to getting top dollar is understand your competition. So what better to do than to troll the internet and be like, I want to look at what's on the market and I'm going to go and think, 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 you know, look at what's going on and see what everybody else is doing. And then you just need to take it up a notch, 10 to 20%. And that's really the name of the game. You don't need to blow it out of the water. Insane. Put, I mean, I've had some people I know, they put like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars into these luxury homes with these LED shower heads and this and that. And I'm like, that is the biggest waste because half the people don't even want LED multicolor in their house. It's trashy to them. You know, when you're in luxury, mm -hmm. that's trashy. If you're a young bachelor, that's amazing, right? So you don't know who your buyer is. So you've got to think, the other thing you got to think about is who do I want to attract into my house? Um, I never want quantity. Uh, quantity means a lot of turn, a lot of burn, a lot of use, a lot of wear and tear on any of my houses. So I personally target luxury, uh, very high end. I love the LGBTQ community. Like I'm all about them. I'm here to support them. I'm going to make them feel like they are welcomed and at home. They have a lot of expendable cash. A lot of them are, you know, dual income, no income, no kids, dinks, right? And so um, those are kind of the markets that I target. I want like the luxury executives. I want the luxury people who are going to pay because they're on vacation and they want to have an amazing experience. And then I think about like, what would make my experience amazing? So rent a room at the Waldorf Astoria, rent a room at the Hyatt Regency, rent a room at all these luxury hotels and walk them, look at them, keep your eyes open, right? What do they have that sets them apart? And then go to a regular hotel room and you're gonna see real quick, right? The finishings are a little nicer, higher quality bedding, sheets, pillows, um, you know, there, there's things in them that are just different. The faucet fixtures are more extravagant. They don't have to cost a lot more. I mean, we're talking a price difference of, $50 of a faucet to like 120. And if you buy in bulk on a business account, you can get them down to like 75. So now you're talking about a $25 price differential, right? And so it's really about thinking about like, how do I maximize my inputs and so that I can maximize my output, right? Like it's a very simple mathematical equation. Like where am I trying to go and who's going to be my buyer? What do they like in this market? Because every market's different, right? Like personally for me, like I think, when we built our home on HGTV, I had to think about what is the Houston market like? They are the buyers. They are the buyers. Um, I had to think really long and hard. You know, they're conservative. They're more reserved. They're less, you know, out there in terms of like crazy fanatical designs and artistic stuff. So you got to really take a walk and, and look at some of the luxury homes and what they're selling for, what they look like, and then kind of translate it and triangulate it back into your property. Um, it's pretty much like the the bread and butter of what I do. Like that's what sets me apart and gets me the higher comps um, and gets me the higher prices. Beautiful. It's so much great advice there. And with that, you're obviously, you're looking at bulk. You're looking at ways that you're, you're not just thinking of you. You're thinking of your, um, your client. Who's going to buy this property? Who's who's my uh, avatar, if you will? And right. that's so key in any business, but especially when you're talking a home, 
And I'm guessing the price point is above medium um, and on a lot of these properties that we're talking about, or what, what kind of price points are we looking at? For yeah. That you're, uh, in Vegas, I'm about 900,000 plus um, on flips. Okay. Uh, the ARV, the after repair value has to be above there. Um, you know, we're looking at multi-million dollar homes today, uh, like $3 million homes. Um, so I want to go to that price point where the input, like to build a house is not that expensive. Unfortunately, that's the like craziest part to think about. Like if you built, grab land and built a 2000 square foot single family, it's like max 250, right? <laughs> so you're right. like, what am I paying for a pre-built thing? That's an, a shiny object, right? So make it glitz and make it glam. Um, Airbnbs, you know, Vegas is very hard to Airbnb in. So you got to know the rules. You got to stay in the swim lanes. Um, there's five cities here. It's all regulated by city. It's not regulated by county yet. The county's looking to bring out laws, but it's going to impact a lot of older folks. And that's not good. Um, so we're, they're trying to find a balance right now. Um, but I, I mean, for me, like it's, it's, can I rent an Airbnb that's legal? If not, do I have a plan B? <laughs> I get caught, right. <laughs> you know, yep. but I, I really am a big proponent. Like anyone who learns anything from me, I'm like, stay clean and clear. It's then your business doesn't get disrupted. You know, like that is my motto. So, you know, can you take risks? Sure. At certain points in your life, are you willing to take more risks than others? Sure. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you know, the, the key to life is really like just getting a, the math right. Like, I can make any flip work if the math is right and I don't care where it is. You know, like I, I just talked to a lady. She's in a seller's home for 200,000. The ARV is 400. I'm like 50 mm -hmm. grand probably. This market doesn't need a lot of input. I just need to make it look better. Right. And paint goes a long way. Like interior, I stir paint so far. <laughs> so yeah, you just got to pick your poison and there's no real niche. That's what I tell people. I'm like, I I've rented out condos and they are slamming, making me 10 grand a month. You know, these numbers are astronomical to me because I'm coming from the Midwest <clears throat> and I'm sure a lot of listeners are, are also going to be tuning in from all parts of the country. Right. But uh, for like buying a $900,000 property a year and a half ago, you just quit your, your W2 job. How do you do that? Like, I, I know, but I'm asking for the listeners purposes, because I think that's really good to understand too. And then also I'd like to hear, how are you finding these deals? Because the market is a little, is it a little warm? I heard, but it might be cool and off. We'll see. It's definitely going to cool. Um, yeah. so ooh, lots of questions in there. Well, let me think about all the questions you just sent. So how am I finding yeah. them? So, uh, we Fun have funding, funding, oh, funding first. Okay. Um, well, I was a good corporate employee and maxed out my 401k, like every great corporate employee does. And I quickly realized like, as I left the corporate America and I started studying the market and studying what's going to be happening and what do I need to brace for? What do I need to think about? Um, I quickly realized like, you know, over the last 10 years, real estate on average in the U S made 49% year on year returns stock market 9%. I'm like, Oh God, I have all this money in the stock market. So I quickly like called up my homies that I know very well. And I'm like, yeah, roll that over. We're going to fund my corporation and we're going to get this out of here. You know, like I, I do not want that much money uh, in there. And so that's how I funded my corporation to start. Well, that was good timing, by the way, before <laughs> just what happened. <laughs> yes. 
Um, and so I moved a big chunk of it over. I obviously left some uh, for future endeavors just in case. But the way I do it, I do it tax-free. These are things I teach people, like how to self-fund. Uh, you can do it tax-free, penalty-free. Like you're going to hear so many people. And I like my head and my heart. I'm like this when I hear it on the internet. Oh, just pay the early withdrawal penalties and taxes. Like, okay, if we're talking like tens of thousands, probably cost benefit. Yes. If we're talking hundreds, hell no, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Why? Um, especially when people are going to hate when I say this, I funded mine with a certain type of 401k money. And when I'm done, I'm going to put all the money back into my 401k permanently tax-free, no required minimum distribution, which is the amount you have to take out when you retire every year. Um, and it's going to sit there for me to rinse, wash, repeat, buy buildings, do whatever I want. I can put it back in my 401k tax-free. I can take it out tax-free. And when I take it back out of my 401k into my pocket, it's tax-free. Um, and this is really like the crux of what the rich people do. They just recycle their money round and round and round. Um, I had a client funded a corporation with five grand. We parked $545,000 back when he sold 10% of his company for a certain type of technology. And he was like, cool, let me go do another business now. And I was like, I know, keep going. Like, just keep the hamster wheel going, you know? And um, that's how I fund. I also use private money lenders. Uh, I have the luxury of having really great clients in my past life that kind of have trickled and overlapped. Um, you know, I've, I had one client at Ernst & Young, and now I'm going to help manage his fund coming up. Um, he's pulling $250 million to pick up apartment buildings, and, and we'll flip them and redesign them. And so um, we're partnering on that. And so, you know, I think it's really like from the day negative, I day traded. I had three grand. <laughs> I day traded every day. All I did was take like 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%. And I just every day was compounding at 10%. And after that, uh, I had my 30 grand. I bought a condo when I was 21. I closed on it when I was 22. And then it's just compounding. I took the money out. I bought another property in the downturn. I only paid 10 grand FHA. Um, you know, I just kind of kept stacking my money. Then I took all of my properties, sold them tax-free, moved them into a building, 50% in a building. I had tenancy in common in San Francisco. I subdivided it into condominiums and sold that and i moved into all cash during covid with all my texas properties going into all cash i we sold our rentals and stuff um and i was just waiting because i'm like something has to happen <laughs> right i've been waiting and waiting i've been doing some flips um but not not as actively i've been building my businesses to be honest and filming so yeah and, yeah so so much exciting stuff right like you got to start small though. I think that's the thing that people need I to understand. Did. It doesn't, yeah. You started with the condo and then, you know, obviously you rolled that into more projects and stuff. I heard you say rentals in Texas. Is that where you were, is that where you're from or, or were you buying rentals out there or, or tell me more about that to kind of get us to today? Yeah. Obviously I know, you know where you're at now. So. Um, I actually am from California. Well, I was born in Europe, but I, I, since childhood, like school, Time, elementary school. I've been in California. Um, I went to college in San Diego and I kind of ping pong between San Diego and the Bay Area. So I had homes in the Bay Area that I rented when I moved down to San Diego. I rented an apartment for six months while I found where I wanted to buy the best opportunity. I bought a multifamily there. Um, and then a, it was a duplex, not a duplex. They call it a two-on-one. It's 
separated homes, separate entrances on one parcel. Um, so I bought that and then I lived in one and fixed up the back one, rented it, and then fixed up the front one while I was living was in hacking. it. And then I burned it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I looked the other day, I sold it in 2016. I'm like, oh my God, it's worth a million dollars. And I paid like 290 something. I was like, oh my God. Uh, and, and, and let me guess, you probably, you probably use that in a strategic way to mitigate your tax liability i would imagine right with some of the tax rules tax codes for us guys you just got to yeah. know the rules of the game yeah. yes yeah i've i've paid four thousand dollars in total taxes on my property sales ever in the history of my life um and i've my san francisco house um i bought 1.2 million i added a bathroom and a bedroom and i sold that uh for almost 1.6 million um and i did it in three and a half four years so yeah um you know Big numbers, long time because it was my house, but I Airbnb that thing and made like 90 grand off of it. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, you just gotta know, you gotta know how to how to run the numbers and, and taxes are critical, critical. That's why I went into taxes. Cause I was like, if I know taxes, I know accounting, accounting doesn't know taxes. So that's a waste, um, you know, so I very strategically picked my career, but how I find my homes. Um, now I have a whole CRM and a database that people can plug into. And like, you know, we're running SEO all the time. We're running ads. Um, we're in the market. Uh, we're just kind of putting our name out there and people are coming to us. Uh, we also use other wholesalers, you know, there's enough deals out there. There's enough um, spread on enough in real estate that, you know, I'm fine with a wholesaler. If it's a quick you know, turn and burn. Um, but we have a lot of people who we cold call. We have our CRMs running seven days a week, texting, dropping voicemails, you know. So what you're saying them. is leads are still coming in as we have this conversation, likely. Yeah. Yeah. We have everything running like per in perpetuity. We just every week load and then it runs for, we have a six month drip. So unless you get really annoyed and you're like, stop, you're going to get text, emails, voicemail drops for six months. Um, we're pretty yeah. aggressive, you know, and, and we're fair. Like we, we go about it in a very, um, I don't know how to say it, like a win-win situation, not like a win-win wholesaler. Oh, I'm trying to get it at a really low price and they just want to get rid of it. Win-win. Like, I mean, you know, we, we do a lot of hacking, a lot of real estate hacking. I do mostly creative financing. Um, you know, I really want these people to get their full maximum price that they can get. I People are like, why are you offering a praise value for a house that hasn't been upgraded since 2007? I'm like, because I don't have to do anymore. Like, I, I know where everything's going to go and I know where it's going to land. I'm going to make six figures on any house no matter what I do. So, I, you know, I don't care. Um, you know, I, and that's I a funding solution. It. It's not a pro or I'll buy it and give it to some other investor, you know, um, but that's kind of how we run our business. It's like, if people are in foreclosure, you know, let us flip it. We'll split the profit with you. You know, if people are, you know, we're, we're always thinking about, and I think this is like my bleeding heart and why I left corporate. I'm like, you know, we all get into bad times. Um, we all self-sabotage. Uh, we all abandon ourselves. And sometimes you just need that really nice person to like come in and rescue you and give you a new fresh start and put you back on your feet gently rather than coming in with like, you know, a wrecking ball and just wiping you out and you realize like, oh my God, I got screwed after the fact. Right. And we just don't want that on our business name personally. Like that's not it. 100%. I think that's such a good point for listeners to take away from this is like uh, investors, there are always going to be that bad apple in the bunch, 
But for the most part, they're coming with the approach that she just talked about. It's how can I help them accomplish their main objective? And that's if that's getting more money in their pocket and us being creative to do that, then it's a major win-win. Um, I'm sure just like you know, most of us who've been in this business long enough, you've probably had people like hugging you and crying and thanking you um, for you helping them in a situation or maybe just because you built enough rapport with them to where they basically loved you at the end of the transaction. Yeah, we have a, you know, and I think that's really the key to business. Uh, you want recurring clients and you want them to call you when they need help and you want them to call you, whether it's the buy or the sell, you know, and uh, we, we do a lot of credit work with our clients run, you know, lease to own, um, you know, we're, we're not, there's enough money in life. You know, if you're good at what you do, there's enough money. You don't need to be greedy that we'll leave that for the boomers. Um, no offense, sorry, but you know, that generation ruined our medical, ruined our food processing. Look at where the state of our world is. Everyone's divided and angry and hurt. And it's just not, it, it didn't work. So, you know, we got to go a different route. You know, we've got to think about, you know, my rule of thumb in life has always been leave people better than when you got them. Naturally, that can't always be the case because some people are just not going to listen and they're not going to look for the help and they're going to be rude you. And in which case, protect yourself, right? Just get them out of your life. Um, but you know, by, by proxy, I, it's very rare that I can't get into somebody's heart and use my heart space to, to share with them. Like, Hey, you know, I'm just here to help. I'm not trying to screw you. I'm not trying to hurt you. You know, I, I'm just curious, like what's coming up. Let's go there. Right. But so many people just have walls up these days because everyone's always trying to backstab each other. And it's mm -hmm. like, not the world I really want to live. I came from Switzerland. We had a totally different mentality and, and thought process. We're very collective. Um, we have a very big duty to each other. And that was bred in me at preschool, whether I wanted it to be or not. <laughs> so, you know, but I think that is really the key to happiness. Like humans do and are happiest when they're helping and connecting with other people. And we've lost that, you know, and, and so I think it's just, I, I'm making it my mission to like, pivot, you know, like, that didn't work. Let's do the opposite and see how that works, you know, because um, I just, want a peaceful life. And I think most people do, you know, and so you got to make changes, you got to be different and show up differently. And I think that's really what's made our business so successful. We give a lot of free information out, we have networking events um, for anybody. And it's like, sell yourself, make it work for everybody. We're not, you're not here for just us. Like that, that's not, that's not how I operate. Um, you know, I'm very non egocentric. I don't think I really have an ego much. It's been pounded out of me. So um, you know, I think that's really the crux of life, you know, and that's how, the ethos that I operate under. It, that I want every student who comes through my program to be successful and change their life. Now, I can't make them. I can bring a horse. I can shove their head in the water, but that doesn't mean they're going to drink, you know, in which case, you know, again, you got to show up for yourself and not abandon or sabotage. But, you know, it's just life, I think, you know, and as you get older, right, this is how, you know, I'm not like this cute little 20 year old face that everyone thinks I am. Um, I've lived a lot, you know, I'm, I'm almost 40. So, yeah. I would have never guessed, but uh, <laughs> so much good wisdom. Like I think for people tuning in, just take even one of these nuggets and implement that and your life is going to get better, right? It's, it's not like we've talked about a lot of stuff in this and it could be very easily overwhelming for somebody who's like not very familiar with anything that she just said, but just take one thing and deep dive it and you're going to ultimately progress. And it's all about progression, right? And just getting better every single day. I think if you can remember that, um, yeah. you are heading in the right direction. We and in a day. 
What's that? Rome was not built in a day. This is true. This is true. So to me, like, uh, you know, I have a few businesses, obviously, it seems like you're doing a lot of really massive things. You started here and this is where you're going. How, like, how do you juggle all of this business? And what does your team look like to make that happen? Do you have like 80 employees or like, tell me about that. No, I don't have any employees. I have partners. Um, I'm a firm believer that if they have an equity involvement, they're going to work harder. Um, we have independent contractors for sure, uh, because I'm not going to, I'm kind of at this point where it's like, we want, we're testing people. We're kind of shopping, seeing what we can find, and then we'll make decisions accordingly. But I have a partner on the real estate side. I have a partner on the design side, uh, my coaching side. I do have a team, but again, they're contractors, um, that are doing my sales and marketing. Um, but you know, again, I want them to have an equity interest, right? I want them to have a percentage of what they're doing involved in it at all times. Um, because people are just going to work harder. They're going to try harder. They're going to give it a lot more if they know I'm going to get a percentage of this versus I'm going to get nothing, right? I'm going to get a check. Like, and they're watching me growing and making money. That's not right. Um, again, leave people better than where you got them, right? But I'm very selective. Uh, I think that's one thing I... I, as I've gotten older, I've had very little patience for people who are unaccountable. People can't look in the mirror and say, I, somebody's upset. I'm part of the equation. How do I show up for that? Um, you know, and, and responsibility and accountability, we're all connected and be curious, you know, like I don't care about right or wrong. doesn't matter to me. Um, I'm very clear. I mean, since, since corporate, I've ran teams, you know, internationally and my tone is the same. It's, it's look, we're a team, we're family. We're all marching in the same goal. So if you guys can't get along and I have to get involved, it's not going to be pretty. And we're going to have a lot of tears and everyone's going to have heart to hearts and we're going to leave hugging each other. And we're going to get to the bottom of this because oftentimes it's your shit you're putting on somebody else. And or my like, and I'm not perfect. Don't get me wrong. Like, do not get lots of therapy over here, you know? <laughs> like not a perfect soul. But you know, I've learned there's just ways of operating that are built for success. And the key is conflict resolution, right? And so um, we don't really want a lot of employees. Uh, that's not the route I really want to go. I, between you and me, sorry, Jeff Bezos, you are not worth almost a trillion dollars. You're just not. You did it on the back of hundreds of thousands of employees who have driven for hours and hours to deliver all of your package for your seamless, perfect supply chain, and they get $15 an hour. To me, that's an insult. It's a slap yeah. in the face. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't... Sure. He didn't go nationwide delivering these things. He, it's not like he was using drones. It would be one thing if it was no human contact. But, you know, and I think this is this is the root of what's going on in America. You know, a lot of people don't feel valued. They don't feel important. And that's just not how I roll. Um, could I? Yes. Would, you know, I, I have other people who have VAs and this and that. Um, you know, I, I just believe if you have a good business, you build a good business, a strong business, you're never going to be out of work. I love that approach because there's there's a couple of ways to build a business and it seems like you've taken the approach of uh, ownership and, and working together with people versus you you probably have heard me talk about like our team and stuff like that and people can get into this mindset that if you bring on more people and you spend more money um, 
then all is going to be so much better. Well, that's not always the case. You can do this in even more in, in her case, if you just are strategic about those partnerships and build the relationships and nurture those. And I, I think it's amazing and it's super cool that you've been able to do what you've done really without having any so-called employees per se. So that's, that's incredible. People are always telling me you're the most disruptive person I've ever met because <laughs> I'm like, don't pay taxes, pay yourself so you can help other people. Right. And they're like, where do you come from? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just, it just, I want to leave the world a better place, you know? And, and I think that is the key. Like there's so much technology now and coming from the Bay area where technology heavy, I mean, we're the center, the epicenter of a lot of technology. Like for me, I want to, you know, I want to leverage that technology. I know what's out there. I know what's available. I know I can automate 99% of the jobs. Like anything a VA does, I can automate. Why pay an, Why pay for a VA? Um, I can literally get people to come and filter through. And then I have one person who's on the hook for closing them, getting appointments. And if we close them, they're going to get paid per transaction, you know, and that's really the key to life. It's like, I, I just don't see a point in, you know, People tell me all the time, like, oh, you've only flipped. I don't know. I don't even know how many homes I've flipped. That's how little it is. Like, it's not a number worth, like, it's like 15 homes, 16, 18, maybe. I'm in the teens, right? But like, to me, I'm like, I don't care. Like, yeah. I'm making over what 90% of people are making on them. Like, it's not, numbers to me are not great. When the number is high, I want my revenue high. I want my expenses low. And I want to like take home cash. Like, that, that's yep. my math. And more employees awesome i've managed a lot of employees internationally on different time zones it's a lot of work uh i've done it all you know and i'm like i know what's gonna work for me and everybody's different like i again i have no ego i'm not like oh i flipped 800 homes this year like i would actually question that person like either you're greedy or you're inefficient or you're not doing you know like let's go down on that like why are you let's drill down and like figure out why are you doing so much volume when it's not necessary like go up the chain in real estate so you're doing less and getting more like i started at a condo now i'm at apartments right like move up um and and a lot of people get their comfort zone and they get their little wheel and and then like oh god that's i'm exhausted watching you talk about it <laughs> It's so true. I mean, and sometimes like you're smart enough to have gone through what you went through in the corporate world to have figured this out before you go and flip a hundred houses. And then there are other people on the, the opposite side is like, oh, I just want to do big numbers. So I want to flip as many homes as possible, make as much money. And then at the end of the year, they look back and realize, wait a second, with the amount of overhead, I didn't actually make as much money as if I would have just done what you did and flipped the, the, the two or three homes a year or five or whatever you know you've done. And it's just less brain damage, probably a lot more enjoyable. And so it's just such a unique, um, untraditional approach that I think needs to kind of be considered for people who are like watching guys flip hundreds of houses. Because I know people who do, and I know also that they're not necessarily very happy um, because they're burnt out. And so yeah. there's something to be said about that too. Yeah, I mean... I didn't go into this career to be burnt out. I didn't go into this career. Like naturally I knew it's going to take two years for me. It's going to be a two year investment. Um, but at the end of the day, like I'm constantly looking at my bottom line and if I'm not reinvesting, if I'm not, not making money, it has to be because I'm reinvesting into myself. I'm building more marketing. I'm building more, you know, channels of getting clients and, and revenue in the door. 
Um, otherwise, you know, there's just no point. I'm, I'm really hard on my teams. They'll tell you, like, I, I measure and watch every one of my sales guys and I stare at them and I'm like, you had six calls and closed none. Let's get on the phone. And they're like, yep. ah, you know, <laughs> and they're like, ah, you know, and, and it's, it's just a function of like efficiency, you know, why waste their time and yours time is precious. Like I, I don't have time for that. Yeah. I'd rather you either close them at a lower rate if we have to, you know, if, for whatever reason, put them on a scholarship program, put them on whatever. I've got plenty of ways to do this, you know, and don't waste their time and yours. Like that's not, that is not something I am proud of. I, my motto in corporate America and every other manager hated me when I was at the firm. I used to tell my teams, get shit done so we can have fun. If everybody hits their target by this date, Thursday, Friday, two beer lunch on me, go home. And everyone's like, we want to work with her. And I'm like, two beer lunch on me. Like I paid the bill and I'm like, go home, um, go get a life because people who have a life are much more efficient and productive. And so I had a, my team on an up cycle. I was killing, you know, the, the manager that was on the account before was, you know, it, it was $120,000 revenue project and they're making it, you know, they're spending 120 and I'm like, what, this is like a $50,000 project. And I'm like, we would come in and hit it and hit it hard. Like three weeks in advance, we delivered a client clients like, man, I want to work with her more because nobody does that. Everybody over promises and under delivers and it drives me insane. Quickest way to lose my business. Do that crap to me. I will literally delete you out of my phone and that's it. You call me with a voicemail. I'm like, don't care. Like, do not be do that in business. It's the worst business model ever. Um, I've always said I need this much time. I add two weeks <laughs> and then I come in and if I hit it four weeks before, I'm like, great job, guys. Let's go drink. Let's go have fun. Go to a massage. Whatever makes everybody's motivated differently. Right. But like, yeah. go. Here's a budget. Go do whatever you want to do with me, without me, you don't care, you know, and that's the key to life. It's like we're we're here to live. We're not here to work. We're here to have fun and connect. We're not here to slave on someone else's back so they can be living in a yacht. That's just not reality. Absolutely. I love this. Like the, le the, the less is more and then just building that culture. Like let's treat ourselves like we got as much done as some people get done in weeks in this day or, you know, this week or whatever. And so rewarding people for that. And I have to bring this up because you said the word yacht. Um, can, can, can you talk to people about your new adventure? Cause this is just, this is mind blowing. When you told me this, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And um, by the way, before you get into that, uh, for those who are tuning in live and if you're, if you're watching the replay, make sure to drop comments as well. We'll try to get back to them. But if, if you're tuning in live here in a few minutes, we're going to be um, opening up for some questions. So be thinking about your questions. Yacht. Yeah, uh, I paired up with some little badass mamacita in Florida, <laughs> and we're gonna be we're gonna be um, flipping yachts. We're gonna be uh, redesigning and decorating them. I'm super excited because anybody who knows me knows I'm obsessed with water, which is so ironic. I'm in Las Vegas, <laughs> but um, you know I I like to travel. It's very central. There's no taxes here. No state taxes. <laughs> It's a good little hub for me. Um, I can get home in an hour. I have a little almost 94 year old grandma. So it's important for me to be able to get on, get home like that. Um, thank you, Jet Sweet X. Um, and so, yeah, it's one of those things like I, I just I'm always I think the thing about me and people are like, God, is there anything you don't do? And I'm like, no, I cook my own Christmas dinner from scratch. I do everything. I'm insane. But it's because I have such a I have such a love for 
perfect things. Like I love a perfect meal. I love a perfect design. I love, and I will sit there and just enjoy it. And um, having an opportunity to do yachts is huge. I actually um, just talked to a client in uh, in uh, California, in San Diego, and he's like, "Hey, I might be buying one. Do you know how to fi- do you know anybody who fixes them?" And I was like, "Hi," <laughs> and he's an investor, so. I was like, I could do it. And he was like, what? He's like, what do you not do? And I was like, I don't know. I just, I'm like, I'm the person with the most options wins. This is another thing I teach my students. If you have a lot of options, you're always going to win because if you get tired of one, go to another, you know, like I, I I've never cut myself short. Um, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it hundred percent or I'm not going to do it. Um, you know, and it's one of those things, like, I just, I don't know. I love sucking the marrow out of life and really just being here for it. It's, it's, it's a joy to watch people eat my food. It's a joy to watch people when they walk into my designs or people who are looking at my flips. I love looking at my cameras. I stare at them to see their reactions when they open the door. Um, it makes me happy. I just want people to be happy. You know, that's really, that's what life is about. And we all have to find our happiness and what makes us happy. And I can tell you doing international tax planning for big corporations was not it for me. <laughs> Yes. Sorry, guys. Sorry, all my friends from my past life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, listen, like we all have one life and it seems like you're living it to the fullest. I can tell. And you should be for if you're watching this, you can have it all. Obviously, you have to get to a place where you have people in the right seats or partnerships and delegations to where you can juggle all these hats. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it can be a circus. Um, but you found a way to do anything and everything that you want, um, while still having fun. I think that's the key. And I I absolutely love that. It's, it's such a pleasure to work with the people that I work with because we have fun, you know, like people are like, I just don't even feel like we're working. I mean, we were, we were ripping out floors, like dancing and laughing and goofing off, ripping up carpets. And people were like, this is the funnest demo I've ever done. And I'm like, what makes you really angry? Right. And I write it down on a big Sharpie, wherever we're going to break, I'm going to smash it. And like, people are like, God, I feel like I just got like a whole therapy session out of it, you know? And I'm like, I, that's what life's about. Like, we're all messed up in our own right. We're all, you know, trying to just do the best we can. Um, and sometimes our best just sucks. I mean, I've been there. Like, I have no leg to stand on. Like, I was a sabotager. I had a hard time receiving gifts, love. You know, I, it was, it's been a journey. But again, like you said, right, your life, what you put in is what you're going to get out. And for me, I have an innate curiosity. I have an innate desire to learn. I have an innate desire to just master whatever I do because I'm like, I'm a very competitive person. So when somebody's doing something, I'm like, how can I beat them? And I want to be the novice that beats them. <laughs> so it's one of those things like just never, I don't know. After my divorce, I was married for like eight months. It took me three years to get divorced. But when that was over, I told myself like, just say yes, say yes to everything. Get out of this scared, scared space you've been in where you're looking for security. Cause there is no security. It's an illusion. Fear is an illusion. Everything is an illusion. It's what we make of it. And like, if you just get curious about life and jump in, knowing there is no failure, there's just learning lessons. There is no, you don't lose until you quit. Um, you're going to come out the other end and you're going to surprise yourself. Like if you told me a year ago, I'd be sitting here talking to you and we both live, you know, in different states and we're, you know, working together. And I'm like, I just don't, I, I would have never imagined, you know, I would have never. And it's only because I just had faith in myself and what I want out of life. And 
I jumped in, you know, and that's really what I would tell people, like, just jump in. Don't be scared. Like what's going to happen. You're the only thing I've ever regretted is things I didn't do. And I'm like, I should have said that I should have given that person a hug. I should have said, I'm sorry. I, you know, all of the shoulda, woulda, couldas. And I'm like, I'm not doing that anymore. After my divorce, I was like, that's it. No more. If I have to say should to myself, I'm holding myself even triply accountable because this isn't okay. You know, this isn't life. Um, and it's okay to say you're wrong. It's okay to say you made a mistake. Um, that's human, you know, and if people think you have to be perfect, cut them out of your life. They're just not worth it. Life's too short, man. I've done a lot of axing in my day. Um, but now I have such cool people in my life. I just love them. They're so fun. <laughs> They're so great. It's amazing. Yeah. I think that's key. Like just, just do it. Like you're yeah. going to make mistakes. It's a lesson. It's not, it's not the end of the world. So I, mm. I love that. And by the way, guys, drop your questions for Jacqueline. She is HGTV battle on the beach. And I'm sure if you haven't checked it out, you're going to want to because it's it's going to be so much fun to watch. The design, everything you're talking about has been absolutely gold. And so not only drop your comments, but also share this out to more people because there's been a lot of value in this. And I'm seriously, my mind is blown, honestly. Um, so thank you for that. And additionally, I, I have a question. If you guys have questions, ask your question, please. But are you going to win the battle on the beach? I think the question that all of us are waiting for is, are you going to be the, the victor? I am not allowed to say anything. <laughs> you have to watch on Sunday and you'll find out. There you go. Yeah. There's, there's the clip. There's the cliffhanger for you guys. Yep. Sunday, Sunday. There we go. Cool. Well, Jacqueline, it's been amazing. Thank you so much for all the value. Now, for people who want to take the fast path, who don't want to you know, fail through all of it when they can learn from somebody as brilliant as you, where can they learn more about you and get more into your world? Yeah, JacquelineMatoza.com. Pretty simple. Um, I've got a quick you know, little intro. You guys can see my gallery. You can see what I've been doing on HGTV. As the shows go, um, I go through and add to my little reel of what I did on HGTV. Um, so it's all stuff that's on the show. It's public. I can't say anything that isn't or share anything. So as things go, you'll see it gets updated. Eventually it'll be the final product after Sunday. Um, so you can go there, you can learn about my courses. You can learn about real estate. Um, I have finance courses. I have, you know, real estate courses. We're expanding out our courses We're ultimately I'm going to have an academy for both. Um, so people just don't need to go to school because I don't know. I just don't feel like school is efficient or productive unless you want a very whole, well-rounded education. But most people just want to make money and live life. I mean, that's really the root of life, um, getting out Absolutely. of the struggle. So yeah, JacquelineMatoza.com. Beautiful, beautiful. By the way, they don't teach a lot of what we talked about in school, for the record. No. Uh, at least, I mean, maybe I didn't get a high enough degree to to know, but at least what I went through college, they they didn't teach any of this stuff. No, no. And that's the wild part because this is where the wealthy make their money is <laughs> real estate. You know, 90% of millionaires are made on real estate. So it's, it's life. It's everyone I know who's like an average person working a corporate job that, you know, had a, a rental is like, I wish I bought more, you know, and it's wild to me. It's just wild. Like, just do it guys. Do it. <laughs> I'm going to sound like a Nike commercial. <laughs> I'm going to sound like a Nike commercial. <laughs> That's so funny. 
Well, no, thank you again. It's been amazing. Uh, like I said, guys, if you got value from this, please like, subscribe, share this out. Let's get this message out to as many people as possible. We do not charge for the show, so we would just greatly appreciate it. And again, thank you so much. Uh, it's It's been almost an hour, so we are going to wrap this thing up. But until next time, we're going to have to talk in the future again about what other crazy ventures you're, you're up to in about a year from now. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Have a great day. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye.